The 2022 election is just days away with many local, state, and national races being contested. A man who knows plenty about politics and elections is former Congressman Gil Gutnicht. The former congressman joined Lynn Kettleson to talk about issues heading up to the November 8th election. We have a guest with us on the Linder Farm Network today, former Congressman Gil Gutnick from Minnesota, who was a member of the House Ag Committee for many years. And uh, Gil, let's talk a little bit about, we have the upcoming election, there's going to be decisions for farmers to make. When I talk to farmers, they say inflation, input costs, supply chain issues, uh, fuel costs, all of that are big, big issues for them right now. What do they need to look at when they start deciding who to vote for and when to vote and so on? Yeah, first in line to get, get out and vote this uh, November. I, I, I think they see what's going on with the economy firsthand. Uh, you know, everybody goes to the grocery store and they see how much hamburger is and so forth, and they think that it's all going to the farmer. The farmer knows better that an awful lot of uh, what they see in their food costs today is being eaten up in terms of transportation costs. Uh, People don't realize, people do realize when they fill up their tank how much gasoline and diesel fuel have gone up, but they don't realize how much of that transportation cost uh, is being added to everything that they buy. And so one of the things that I'm sure that farmers are going to consider when they go to the polls uh, this year is this foolish war on domestic energy that's being fought. And ultimately, I think they are beginning to understand that that war on energy is also a war against ethanol and other biofuels. So I I think from that perspective, farmers are going to be eager to get to the polls, and I think they've got a pretty clear choice. So what has been the impact of the Keystone Pipeline not being completed, uh, of oil drilling being cut off in North Dakota and so on? Has, Has that had a big impact on prices in your view? It's, it's had a huge impact. You know, uh, it wasn't that long ago that uh, gasoline was just a little over $2 a gallon and that we were quickly becoming the world's largest exporter uh, of fuel. Now we have a president groveling to our friends in Saudi Arabia and other members of OPEC uh, trying to get them to open up the spigots. I mean, that's how much things have changed just in the last two years. And as I say, You know, everybody understands inflation, but I don't think they understand that the war on energy was really the snowball that started rolling down the hill and and now is really having a devastating impact on everybody. What about the electric industry as well? We've been hearing, uh, I've talked to some of my local utility people, that coal plants are being shut down across the country. What impact is that going to have? Well, obviously, when you close down relatively inexpensive uh, coal, and and let's be honest, the war on energy is really a war against what I call hydrocarbon energy. Hydrocarbon energy is is anything that burns. And the truth of the matter is, part of the reason we as Americans have enjoyed an incredible standard of living for the last hundred years is because we have become so incredibly efficient at our, at our use of hydrocarbon energies. Uh, you know, even at $4 a gallon for gasoline, in many respects, it's still a bargain, particularly when you compare how much it costs for other things. For example, you know, a, a gallon of gasoline will get you and your family down the highway about 30 miles. How many people would get out and push that car 30 miles for $4? 
Um, so we get an awful lot of good out of hydrocarbon energy. And more importantly, through technology, we have become incredibly efficient at using it, whether it's our, our big diesel tractors, uh, whether it's our automobiles, our cars. Uh, every year, the automakers and, and, and the engine manufacturers have made them more and more efficient. And the same is true with the electricity. I mean, people don't realize how incredibly efficient our electric power grid is. And everybody likes to think that, you know, windmills and, and, and uh, solar panels are going to be the answer. Well, the technology is just not there today in terms of the cost. It's still ex- it's much more expensive for the uh, renewable energies for the most part. And, and that, you know, we need natural gas. We need coal. Ultimately, I think natural gas will, will overtake coal, but we've got to have pipelines. And that's where this administration, in their war on domestic energy, has made it very, very difficult to, to build pipelines. Uh, for example, down on the, on the Gulf Coast, in, in places like South Alabama and Mississippi, where just offshore there are gas wells, the price of natural gas is going up dramatically. And, and you wonder why. Well, the answer is they closed down a pipeline or they they disallowed a pipeline being built through central Illinois. So now they have to siphon gas off uh, of the the area here to ship it up to uh, central Illinois. Uh, So when you start fooling around with a pipeline system, it has repercussions for everybody. Here in Minnesota, the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency and uh, the Walls Administration went through a rulemaking process, and they did bypass the legislature and any public input from the legislature to embrace California car rules. Now we're finding California is very anti-biofuels and pushing electric cars 100% in the future. What are your thoughts on this? I think it's ridiculous. I mean, it may well be someday we will all drive electric cars, but the technology has to improve dramatically, especially as it relates to batteries. People, you know, we've seen here uh, in in South Florida where the hurricane came through, uh, a lot of those electric vehicles that had to sit in water, all of a sudden they, they had electric fires. The batteries are destroyed. People don't realize replacing those batteries assuming that the car survived and didn't burn, uh, but just replacing those batteries cost upwards of $7,000. Um, the other side of the story is, you know, in Minnesota and North Dakota and, and up in, in our part of the world, it gets very, very cold. Just imagine if you were in a situation on I-94 or you, you pick the interstate, people going home one night when it's 22 below zero and those electric batteries start to freeze up. You, know, you can't just run out there with a gas can and and, uh, and restart those vehicles. It takes hours uh, to recharge every single one of them. So from a practicality standpoint, what may make sense, uh, although I would say it probably doesn't even make sense in Southern California, but it certainly doesn't make sense in Minnesota. Gil, an issue that maybe isn't directly agriculture but has had an impact is crime in Minnesota, and specifically, there used to be a number of ag conventions in downtown Minneapolis, and for the most part, they've all pulled out of there, and people I talk to say they they don't feel safe driving in downtown Minneapolis or many suburban, or I should say, city areas right now. Uh, What's going on with all of this? 
Well, almost everybody has had an experience or knows someone who's been carjacked, for crying out loud. And, uh, you know, when you have a war on the, on the police, when you want to defund the police, when you, when you, when you make police the enemy of, of the people, uh, it has enormous consequences. And uh, even the Minnesota Twins are trying to figure out why a lot of people are staying away from their home games. And the short answer is people don't want to go downtown to downtown Minneapolis. You're seeing bars and restaurants and other businesses close, not only in Minneapolis, but in, in, in cities around the country. But that's all coming out into the rural areas as well. You know, this open border policy that this administration has pursued, just completely ignoring the laws plainly written, you know, has had huge consequences even in rural America. For example, look at fentanyl. It is now becoming one of the number one killers, whether you're in Minneapolis or you're in, in a small town in Minnesota. Uh, it, it, the, the drugs that are coming across our border every single day have incredibly negative consequences for everybody. And that kind of thing is now, as I say, you know, leaching out into rural parts of America. And, and people are beginning to understand that when you open the border up the way we have and you allow two million people in, most of them may be good people just trying to seek a better life, but there are people who are bringing drugs and crime and other things uh, into our communities, and it's affecting everyone. And I know downtown Minneapolis was always a stop for our family at Christmas with the Macy's display and used to be the holodazzle and all the decorations. And I have to admit, uh, since the riots there, we have not been to downtown Minneapolis even once, and I have no plans to do that. So it has really changed the outlook for what used to be one of the nicest cities in the country. Well, there are probably a number of your listeners, Lynn, who remember Mary Tyler Moore and that wonderful series that took place in Minneapolis. And, you know, I wrote a column shortly after the riots in downtown Minneapolis, and the, co- the title of the column was, Mary Tyler Moore Doesn't Live Here Anymore. You know, Minneapolis, I, I agree with you. It used to be we'd love to go to Minneapolis. We'd go there, you know, to go to a play or we'd go to a, a some kind of an event, baseball game or football game, or as you say, we used to go down and watch the Holly Dazzle Parade. Uh, anymore, that's, that's just not even on the uh, consideration list. So it's tragic to see what these policies have done to, a, to a, what was at one time a beautiful city. Gil, I appreciate it. Any final comments from you? Well, I think that uh, not only farmers, but I think voters all over the country are going to go to the polls in record numbers uh, on Tuesday, and and they're going to cast their ballots. And uh, my suspicion is they're going to send a very strong message that these liberal woke policies uh, just won't be tolerated by the American people. Thanks for joining us for this Linder Farm Network Field Talk podcast. Find other podcasts at linderfarmnetwork.com, Apple, and Spotify. Get the latest in farm news and market analysis on your local LFN affiliate.